This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. By the way, um, if you haven't heard, the game tomorrow, because I know this world that we live in and everybody's complaining about something and everything, and I get it, and I say this just as Yankee game is about to get underway tonight on Prime Video, so it's another streaming uh, vehicle for you. And even though tomorrow's Giants game is also on Prime because it's Thursday night football, for those of you that don't feel like streaming tomorrow, for whatever reason, you will have the luxury of watching the Giants on good old regular TV like you've done probably the better part of your entire lives. It's going to be on Fox, so Channel 5 here in New York. The game will also be on TV, so you don't have to worry about streaming. That's what they do whenever you have these national TV-type games on the other networks. They, they make sure that um, you get it on regular TV like you're accustomed to doing. So when the Jets are on Prime later on in the season, I believe that's in December, you'll also have it on probably Fox 5 as well here in New York. So there you go. You get a little bit of flexibility if you're a giant football fan, if you're any football fan, and just feel like watching the game tomorrow, of course, in NYC. And as far as the Giants are concerned, though, before we get back to the Jet calls, um, look, I think this was the wise move not playing Saquon in this game, but he's not going to be the only one. Ben Bredesen is out with a concussion still. No Ojolari, okay, no Andrew Thomas. So all these guys ruled out of the game already. And you were going to be up against it regardless going up against the 49ers, who for my money are the best team in the league, right? It's them, it's the Cowboys, and so far it's kind of everybody else in the NFL. But you don't have your left tackle. Bredesen was somebody that got knocked out of the game the other day, so Glowinski had to go in after getting benched before the Arizona game. So they're going to be shorthanded as hell on that offensive line, plus you're not going to have the engine of your offense in Saquon Barkley. You're going to miss one of your rushers again in Ojolari, of course. It's going to be a tricky spot on a short week. This is not the ideal scenario for the New York Giants. But you know what? Even if the Giants go out there and do what they're supposed to do tomorrow, which is lose, there's still going to be people that are not satisfied. You're still going to have the fans wanting to blame the coach, wanting to blame this guy, wanting to blame. Hey, that's why last week was so critical for them to win that football game, right? That's why that game over the Arizona Cardinals, as ugly as it was for the first two quarters, it was imperative that the Giants win that football game. They had to get it done, and they did. Because that would have been 0-3 in all likelihood after tomorrow night. And now you're probably looking at 1-2, and which, all right, you live to face another day. You go home, you heal up with the extra few days off, you get ready to bring in the Seattle Seahawks, and that's a winnable game for you on Monday Night Football in your building. You can beat Seattle. They're not a juggernaut. You can beat that team. And 2-2 two and two would look a hell of a lot different, and you'd probably sign for that. The way things started for you, losing 40 to nothing the last time you stepped foot on that field at MetLife Stadium. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Let's go back to the phones. We'll say hi to Anthony and Howell, who's up next here on 98.7. What's up, Anthony? How are you? Hey, what's going on? How are you doing? What's up, Anthony? I'm good. So, uh, what's on? So, yeah, obviously upset with the whole Saquon uh, injury. But, uh, I, listen, I, I like Matt Breida. I think he could play well. I mean, just running back by committee, these three guys, I mean, they're not terrible. I mean, if you look, they all average like four and a half, five yards a carry. Look, it's not the explosiveness of your star running back. But, look, they'll probably get 20 carries between the three of them. Maybe they could do something, take some pressure off Daniel Jones. And, 
They had a great half. I mean, I'm confident. I, San Francisco, they beat up on a terrible pit. Look, all right, San Fran is probably everybody touting them to be Anthony, the best team in the league. Anthony, they beat up on a they're terrible a good team. Pittsburgh team. They're a good team. Okay, they could, the Rams hung in there for three quarters. And listen, I think the Giants is going to surprise a lot of people. I'll tell you right now, everybody in my survivor pool is going to pick the Giants. I mean, is going to pick San Fran. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it could be one of those things we wake up Friday morning and, you know, we're all sitting pretty. Uh, Anthony. I'm taking Seattle this week, by the way. Um, I'm pretty impressed with this. So actually, how, I'd like to know your thoughts on that. Well, I, I'll tell you this, Anthony. I, I would probably be more surprised if I wake up Friday morning and the sky is purple than I would if the Giants win this game. And I had to think about the way I was going to phrase that, too, because remember over the summer, didn't we have, like, an orange sky and a red sky? And remember when we had that air quality crap from the Canadian fires and everything? Remember how crazy that was? And they told everybody to stay home and don't go out, and it was like a movie. So, yeah, this would be a Herculean performance for the Giants if they win this game. Wrong week, wrong opponent, wrong time. And I don't think the Giants are bad. Remember, I'm the one who picked them or one of the people that picked them to make the playoffs. But this is, I I mean, and if you're going to sit there and judge the 49ers over the first two games of the season and who they played, you know what? You can only play the teams that are on your schedule. All right? Remember, this team was one step from the Super Bowl last year. And maybe they don't get there because they lost how many quarterbacks in that NFC championship game? This is a good football team. When push comes to shove, I probably put more faith in this squad than any other roster in the NFL. This is a good, good team. Let us say hi to uh, Griffin in Connecticut. He's up next here on 9870 ESPN. Griff, how the hell are you, buddy? I'm good. How are you, Dan? Griff, you know what? I could complain, but nobody's going to want to hear about it anyway, right? So <laughs> so what's going I wanna, on? Uh, I want to let you know that uh, Sunday, while you're uh, over doing the pregame show for the uh, Jets, I'll be at uh, Barclays Center. What's happening at the Barclays Center on Sunday? I'm going to the Liberty game Sunday. Really? Now, how did you swing that one? I, I, I was looking at the... I was just on Facebook today. I was looking at the prices of the tickets, and they're very good prices. What does that run you, by the way? May I, may I ask? What? What does that run you? How much for a ticket? You said the prices were good. How much were the tickets? Could I ask? Uh, 44 bucks and a couple of seats for one person. Four, so 44 bucks per ticket? Yeah. And where's where are the seats? Are they lo- lower level, upper level? They're at the 31 section. What's the 31 section? I'm not familiar yeah, with that. It's lower. Lower. All right. You know what, Griff? That's a hell of a job by you then. 40 bucks for a Liberty play- playoff game, right? Yeah. That's a nice job by you. All right. Well, enjoy that. You probably should have a good time. I mean, they're a good show right now. Yeah. So what else is on your mind? That's really it. I wanted to let you know about that. Oh, well, that's and- good. So, you're, so what are you going to do for football? You're, so you're just going to, like, pay no mind to football all Sunday afternoon? No, no, I'm recording my Saints. I'm recording my Saints because they're on Fox up here, so I'll be recording my Saints. That's right. They're in Green Bay to take on uh, Jordan Love and the Packers. That should be an interesting yep. game. What are you? Are you confident in that one or what? Uh, offensively, I feel like we're we're just trying to figure ourselves out with Derek Carr just having the new weapons and stuff. He's trying to figure himself out. But defensively, I feel very confident with our defense. Yeah, I mean the Packers have a good defense. 
So that's something that maybe you keep in mind, that it's always tough to go into Lambeau and win. This is their home opener, too. I know. Right? So I think I th- it's actually what? It's Jordan Love's first start at Lambeau Field, uh, yeah. as a matter of fact. So yeah. um, it's not going to be easy, but the fact that you already got out of the gates here 2-0, winning a couple close games, even though they were ugly, you take it and you move but, on. You know what I mean? And, 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 and we're getting Kamara back. Uh, next week. And you're getting Kamara back next week, but you lose Marcus May for three weeks because he's getting suspended. You saw that, right? I know. That's going to hurt our defense a little bit. Yeah, I would agree. Well, Griff, enjoy that game on Sunday, right, brother? But as long as we have Cameron Jordan and company on the defensive end, I feel like we're good. Right. You need the, you need him. He's one of the best, of course. Griffin, and then Marshawn Lattimore's been great. Marshawn Lattimore is one of the top DBs for sure. Get back to me before, uh, before Sunday, right, Griff? Okay. All right, bud. You'll be good. There's uh, Griffin in Connecticut. You know what? Yeah, he's saying the hell with the NFL. I'm going to the Liberty game on Sunday afternoon. Be a fan for real. I wonder if this was a play a Saints playoff game if Griffin would decide to eschew watching them live. He has weapons Lagord. And instead going someplace else. I don't know. I guess week three he could do it, though. Week three he can make it happen. I think this, this is going to be a tough one for the Saints. On uh, on Sunday, Packers. Look, the Packers. They've been a gritty little team here for a couple of weeks. You know, like I said, the defense is legit, and I know that we got a long, long, long season. But if you told me right now in the first week of January that we're talking about the Packers maybe winning that division, right now I can't be surprised. It's all up for grabs, except for the Chicago Bears. They're not winning anything, and we'll get into them a little bit later on. You want to talk about, you think things are bad for, you know, whatever team you root for? (laughs) Try being a Bears fan right now. Oh, my gosh. Let's say hi to Lonnie in Harlem. He's up next here on 98.7. Lonnie, good evening. How are you? Dan, how you doing? Joe Leo and Sir Harvey, how are we? Shout out to the company. Now, Dan, I really should be calling you Ace Ventura, said detective sticking your head out the crack show, the crack windshield. I was afraid of that. Yesterday, huh? I was afraid of that because if it got any worse, I would have had to pull the Ace Ventura and drive with my head out of the car just to be able to see. All you would have needed was Dan Marino in your passenger seat. <laughs> Finkel is Einhorn. Einhorn is Finkel. Finkel is- Einhorn is a man. Einhorn is fake. Einhorn is fake. <laughs> uh, what a scene. What a scene. What a movie. That's a, you know, let me tell you, yeah, that um, movie is so great, it's not even funny. It is What a great movie. It really man. is. That's an all-time classic. Like, you can watch that movie anytime. <laughs> like, it, 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 it'll, you'll laugh. But, yeah, as I was telling Joe Leo uh, when I called in, you know, the other Jet fan as, as, as you are, I was telling him, I'm surprised no other Jet fan or no other caller has made this call. I feel like you guys, being Jets, Jets fans, Robert Sala and the Jets, should basically give Bill and the Patriots a taste of his own medicine. Do you remember that game where basically the Patriots only ran the ball when they played the Buffalo Bills? Yeah. I believe, I believe that should be somewhat pretty much the game plan. Turn around, you got, you got Carter, you got Cook, and you got Hodge. Have that turn around and put it in their gut majority of the time of the, of the game. Now, yes, you want to obviously have him, you know, pass the ball as well. What I was trying to tell Joe is something that Aaron Rodgers likes to do is to extend the passing game. He likes to do those little quick. He gets it, and then, like, as the receiver's running by, he dumps it off to them. That's technically a pass. So that's also an extension of the running game. You have Cooks. I mean, you have Cobb for that. You have Hardman for that. You have Wilson for that. 
I have a bunch of receivers for that. I think, you know, obviously you got to put a couple of three tight end sets in as well. But, you know, the main thing to me, give Bill and the Patriots a dose of their own medicine. Run the ball up their throat, and that's it. Find a way, obviously, the defense has to do what they do. Lock them down. You know, lock down the water gun Jones over there. And that's it. Like, I mean, he has... Yeah, but, but Lonnie, here's the thing, like though. That. Here's the thing, though. That game that you're referring to that the Patriots did against Buffalo, it remember? It was in the cold, I know. It was, I know, it, and it was I like know. gale force winds that day. Like, you couldn't throw the football. Like, it, the yeah. winds were like, yeah. you know, all-time record and stuff. And, and, and look... Yeah. If you want to play with one hand tied behind your back offensively, you're playing essentially into Belichick's hands. I don't think that's a that's, wise approach. That's true. But what I was also trying to tell Joe is like, yes, you like I'm saying, you want to let Zach throw the ball. But what I was asking Joe is, do you want to let him throw the ball deep to where if he does get picked off, the ball is on the other side of the hash marks? Or would you rather have him throwing the ball, you know, slants, dinks, and dunks? to where that gets picked off, it could end up in being six. So like I said, then don't get me wrong. Trust me, you, you know I'll be locked in. I remember anything I listen to or see, I pretty much remember. So it's like, I, like trust me, I know it was a, it was Gale wins that night. But like I said, you got to give this man a piece of his own medicine. As a Giant fan, I'm sick of losing to the Cowboys, and I'm sick of the Jets losing to the Patriots. And I'm going to be there Sunday. You know that. So, like, they need to get it done. And this is for all the Jets fans. Like Wilson said, 14 games in a row is it, it's too much. It's enough. It, it, Lonnie, Lonnie it is, it's, it's way, way past the expiration right now. And I thank you for the phone call. But, look, you still can't put handcuffs on the quarterback. you got to let him go out there and play football. I said that before the Cowboys game. You can't play ultra-conservative. I mean, this is year three already for this guy. Let him play. Now, it's up to him to not make the critical mistakes. But you still got to let him go out there and play. You got to run your offense because if you are going to play scared and you are going to play conservative, you're biting your nose off to spite your face. Because then what does that do for a guy like Garrett Wilson? He's your best player. He's your number one playmaker. So if you're going to get ultra conservative, then how useful is he going to be? That's like saying don't put the ball in Garrett Wilson's hands. That's crazy. You got to play ball. Back one. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> Let us say hi to Anthony Botanical up next, 98.7. Anthony, how are you? I'm doing well, Dan. Uh, I don't know if 
you remember, I'm the guy that didn't want to go to the Bills-Giants game. Oh, yeah, um, with, with, with your buddies and everything, right? Yeah, yeah. And let, let me just tell you, the halftime on Sunday, I was already, like, <laughs> telling my buddies, I said, I'm not going. I'm not. Why would I go to this massacre? But luckily, the, the Giants came back, won that game. I thought Daniel Jones was amazing. Um, I feel just before I get to my point, I know the Giants are going to lose to the 49ers. I, the 49ers are just too deep, too talented. Well, let me, let, Anthony, let me ask you about the, the trip to Buffalo, though. Like, when do you have to decide? Like, when's the drop dead date that you have to decide I'm going or I'm not going? I mean, there, there's no deadline. It was more about the record of the Giants. Like, if the Giants were, like, 0-4, I was going to be like, you know what, give my ticket away, or I was going to sell it, or be like, hey, somebody take it. But there was no deadline. deadline. It was just I was so disgusted that I didn't want to go. Well, you got a, you got a few more weeks. Play this thing out. How about how about if, if they're 2-2 two and two after four games, right? They lose to San Francisco, they beat Seattle. Is that enough to entice you to go to Buffalo? Oh, of course, yes. That would be beautiful. That would be beautiful. I just also wanted to say, like, I expect them to lose, but I want to see more improvement from Daniel Jones. Like, I feel like they need to start releasing him more, start letting him play how he plays, running, throwing, RPOs, because the, that first half against the Cardinals, I don't know what was the, the game plan or the play calling, but I just didn't like it. It felt so stiff. It felt so rushed. It felt so, like, forced. Like, let me just force this throw to this receiver. While the second half, it just felt more natural. Daniel Jones felt more comfortable. If he wanted to run, he could run. So, I want to see that against the 49ers. I want to see him kind of, like, let loose a little bit more, trust him a little bit more, because I don't want them to lose and feel like and take no positives from the game, like the, like the Cowboys game. There was no positives at all. Like, at least lose, but at least let me see something. Well, Anthony, here's here's what I'm going to tell you. And I thank you for the phone call, by the way. Thanks for getting back to us. This one's going to be tough tomorrow, right? And they already have all the built-in excuses, even when it comes to injuries and lineups, that they are going to struggle. I mean, think about what you're missing offensively. You're missing your best player in Saquon Barkley. That's number one. You're missing your standout left tackle in Andrew Thomas. You're missing another starting offensive lineman in Bredesen. That's a lot to overcome, right? Against a real, real good football team on the road, short week. So if the quarterback is not going to have a lot of success and if it's going to be tough sledding for him because they're not going to have any sort of a run, here's what I hope doesn't happen, okay? And I look, I know the Giants are going to go out there and they're going to put a plan in place that they think is going to make them the most successful and try to win. I just don't want Daniel Jones to be a sitting duck out there like he was on Sunday night against the Cowboys, right? If they're going to call Daniel Jones's number for all these RPOs and stuff and make him essentially the leading ball carrier, and he's going to go back there with no time to throw the football, and he's just going to be under a barrage from that 49er defense, that's what scares me as a Giant fan. That can't happen. Matt is calling next. He's from Forest Hills right here on 98.7. Hey, Matt, how are you? How's it going, Dan? First Good, Matt. Long time. Thanks, uh, Matt. What's up? Let's talk about the Cowboys game real quick. Yeah. I think the Jets fans would think a lot differently if Sauce caught that ball and Garrett Wilson caught that touchdown. If those two plays happen, that game's completely different. They may not win, but definitely a lot different. Maybe. Right. I mean, if Sauce gets the pick six, it's 14-10 Jets. 
And then you don't know how the Cowboys were going to respond down the field. But then also, you know, you talk about, you know, in, instead, 18-7, late in the first half, Zach tries to unleash the ball to Garrett, who's wide open, and then his arm gets hit by Demarcus Lawrence, and it makes the throw come up short. Instead, they got to settle for a field goal, 18-10. Right. Possibly. You never know. But see, here's the thing, Matt. They hadn't shown the ability defensively to slow down the Cowboys all afternoon. Now, if Sauce yeah. comes up with the pick six, does that make McCarthy a little gun-shy? Does it make Dak a little bit different in terms of altering his approach to where maybe the Jets would have a little bit more success in getting off the field? Right. Well, you know, the, the time of possession was astronomical in favor of the Cowboys. It was ridiculous. It was like 45 minutes to the Cowboys, 15 minutes to the yeah, it was like It was almost like 43 to 17, which is unheard of. Right. That's, yeah, it's ridiculous. But that pick six would have changed that tempo of the game drastically, I think. So, yeah. I mean, it's interesting to think about. You still, but you still had a whole half of football. You never know what could have happened there. And I thank you for the phone call. But those are plays you got to make, right? If you if you are undermanned a little bit, and you're kind of facing an uphill battle, you got to make every one of those opportunities when they present themselves, right? Sauce gets his hands on the football like that. He got to make it. We're not talking about a guy who is, you know, just some free agent they signed off the street, who right place, right time with the football. No, this is a guy who was an all pro. This is a guy who's supposed to be one of the best corners in the NFL. He got to make that play, and he said so after the game. He knows that. He's got to do it, right? The Jets did such a good job in Week One, creating takeaways. Turning the Bills over four times, and they didn't do that on Sunday. Now, I don't know if they would have won the game, but they might have had a little bit more success when push comes to shove. Jamie in New Jersey is up next here on 98.7. Jamie, how are you? Good. How are you? Good, Jamie. What's going on? Just real real quick, uh, in regards to zone defense, yep. listen, I, I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to pretend like I'm a football coach and I know the difference between zone and man-to-man it, it just seemed to me that, you know, during halftime, um, there was a lot of talk uh, between uh, some of the analysts and, and uh, other people like, hey, they, they need to adjust, get away from the zone defense and go to the man-to-man. Uh, I'm just curious what your thought and, and someone like uh, maybe uh, Greg Buttle, what, you know, thought about not not making that adjustment. And, and to me, that seems to be what, uh, Sala is, is is missing. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, they're married to the system and the way that they play it, Jamie. And I know that that was a big, you know, point of contention over the last couple of days. Why don't they have Sauce or DJ Reed travel with a marquee wide receiver on the other team, like in this case, C.D. Lamb? Instead, C.D. Lamb was able to pinpoint the soft spots in the zone, and Dak and him were able to take advantage of that. They got a lot of yards after the catch. Jets didn't tackle. You play zone, you got to tackle well, too. You know, because if yep. you are going to give up these completions to keep everything in front of you so you restrict and limit the big play from happening, then you got to wrap up because the yards after yeah, catches would what, ultimately like kill 11, you. Like 11 catches in yeah. the second half? He had, he had a big day. And the other thing that hurt them too, which didn't do them any favors, is Michael Carter the second, their outstanding nickelback, he left in the first half with an injury and didn't return, which is also a big, yeah. big loss for them. Yeah. But that's, I mean, like, Jamie, look, I, I understand, you know, fans are frustrated, and I thank you for the phone call, right? And they think, oh, well, you know, just do this, play differently. It's easier said than done, right? I mean, this is how they practice. This is, this is the root of the defense. You know, it's one of the cores. You don't see them blitz a lot either, right? Giants, on the other hand, they blitz as much as anybody with Wink Martindale. Jets don't do that. 
they believe that their forefront got the forefront defensive linemen. They're the ones that have to apply pressure to the quarterback, and they got to get home because it allows them to drop seven into coverage to where then they don't think a big play is going to happen, and they trust that their defensive line is going to be able to wreak enough havoc in that backfield to make the quarterback have to maybe hurry a throw. They don't want to sell out at the expense of the pass coverage. They would rather, as crazy as it sounds, they would rather make a team go down the field bit by bit, you know, and let them put together, you know, we dare you to put together a 12-play drive, a 14-play drive, to go all the way down the field if you're going to score on us. Now, Dallas did. Dallas did multiple times. So if you're not going to be able to stop them, that's the direct result. And then you're going to have a team eat up large chunks of time of possession. You know, Sal even said it, what was it, yesterday or the day before. At one point in that game, you realize Dallas had 50 plays and the Jets only had like 13? I mean, who are you beating that way? That's why, guys, you know, you can sit there and hate on the quarterback all you want and blame this person, blame it. Defense were the number one culprits in my book for how that game unfolded on Sunday. They could not get off the field. I wake up Friday morning and the sky is purple. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Jordan Renan going to join us in about a half hour, talk a little giant football as they get ready for the San Francisco 49ers coming up tomorrow on Thursday Night Football to kick off week number three. Um, this news coming down a little while ago from the Yankees, Jason Dominguez, the Martian, well, he underwent that Tommy John reconstruction surgery, which included the addition of internal bracing. Surgery was performed by Dr. Keith Meister in Arlington, Texas. The anticipated recovery process is expected to take nine to ten months. So you basically rule out the first half of the season next year. And that's even if he's on the short end of the recovery timeline. Then you got to do baseball activity and all those other things. So, look, you hope that the Yankees are still having a season that's worth Jason Dominguez coming in and being a contributor for once you get to, you know, maybe July, August, something like that, and then you see where he goes. But that is where things stand right now uh, for the young Yankees slugger, unfortunately. Red Bulls are home tonight. Harvey, what would you do with your tickets? I get to my sister and my dad. They're there at the game. But they said, but nobody's at the game aside from your father and your sister. It's very, there's not many people going around these days. Sparse, sparse crowd is what you're very saying. Very sparse. You would have thought it was like uh, old timers day, Yankee Stadium, something like that. <laughs> no, they'd have to do a Q&A for that. They didn't do that with the Red Bulls. Just a few short family and friends, I guess. They, the Red Bulls actually used to do uh, Q&As way back when. Yeah, but like not on the field, right? They would do them like. In one of those like clubs or parties, they or would something. do it like in a town hall. Yeah, like a town way. hall format. Yep. Then that went south, and then. Forgive me, I know that this is going to sound naive on my part, but what are they doing in the standings right now? Like, are they are, are we talking playoffs or what? I mean, they're five points out. Okay. They have about six games to go, I believe. They drew nil nil to NYCFC last Sunday, in an awful game. So they, I mean, they've got this game. They got DC United, another rival this weekend. It's very slim to none. Slim to none. Now, have they sent you? Because you are a devotee, you're a season ticket holder. Have they sent you the old playoff invoice yet? As far as, hey man, we want more of your money because there's a chance they might go to the playoffs. No, 
They haven't done that. Do they, is that what they usually do? Or No, they're already taking my money out for next year. Oh, so they take your money out already for next year, but what happens if there's the playoffs? They that's just already, like tack it on? No, that's already paid for. Oh, you paid for it already? Yeah, it's already, that's already done and dusted. But, I mean, they're not going to make the playoffs. No. So, so the money that you already paid, which would have gone to the playoffs, if they don't make the playoffs, then that just car- gets carried over and goes credited to your account for next season, right? There's, there's no playoff tax if you try and get that way. No, but like... Oh, so it's just already lumped into your season ticket yeah, thing yeah, already. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but why is that then? Because it, when the season begins, like nobody's guaranteed to make the playoffs. Those are extra games, so they got to charge. People. That's part of the package. That's yeah, it's part of the package. It actually used to be the you get into the the playoff tickets were free. Yeah, and how um, are playoff tickets for free? What kind of mom and pop operation are they running over there at Major is, League Soccer? This is the season ticket holder's privilege. But so what if you're a season ticket holder for like any other sport? Like you gotta pay for the playoffs. They send you a playoff invoice. Then those are the tickets that are more expensive than the regular season ones. Look, I'm not saying nothing. Who who's, who runs the MLS? Don Garber. Can we get him on the show? For what? He always does is just talk about Messi, and that's it. So. No, we're going to talk about playoff ticket pricing, and then we can get into Messi if he wants. I don't care. He I think won't. everybody knows that Messi's in MLS. I know because the game's right in my studio here on the TV. Yeah, and we can't get the Rebels game in the <laughs> How's studio. That possible, or by the, the way? NYCFC game either. <laughs> that? It's at City Field. <laughs> so you got a team playing at City Field. You got a team playing in Jersey. We can't get either one of those games on the screen here, but yeah, we could get Messi down in Miami. Or if you fancy, let me check here in the listings here. You can get Atlanta against DC, which is okay. Two playoff teams. No, at the I, I, Atlanta DC doesn't do it for me. What about Nashville sporting Kansas City? I, I, My friend Daniel Sperry covers a sporting Kansas City down there in KC. How's he doing, by the way? Is he doing good? Great. He says he's rooting for the Rebels because uh, a Rebels win over Austin helps out sporting Kansas City's chances. Well, I mean, I'm sure everybody listening right now is just thrilled and probably pulling for that to happen just so sporting Kansas City can have a better shot at making the playoffs. Bigger, bigger result. Yeah. The Rebels beating Austin tonight. Yeah, right. Can you see it with a straight face? Yeah, I can't. Or the Jets being the Patriots. Uh, I don't know. Aaron Boone just got run, though. So he's going to come out oh, and surprise. Uh, get his pound of flesh here. After he Look, at now he's now he's heating up. He's pointing out. Well, Boone, I mean, if you're Aaron Boone at this point, you might as well just, just empty the tank because your season's over. You know, you're facing an uphill battle you're basically just checking boxes to finish out the season play all the games on your schedule you might as well have some fun and blow up some steam um oh i would say the red bulls game that'd be that would be a much bigger result for sure you mean like in terms of improbable or just like the significance of the win no just uh anything at this point just anything i need a win man for your you need a win so you know what the red bulls how's that appreciate it even though the jets are underdog I, i i still expect them to win on sunday they should win I mean, if you're not, because again, if you're not beating the Patriots, I don't care who your quarterback is, then you got to really rethink where this thing is going. That's not too much. Don't you have any contacts with Matthew McConaughey that you said he's a part owner of the Austin team that the Red Bulls are playing tonight? He can't get the game on in here? No, I don't think he cares for this area. Does right he ever now. go to games? Yeah, he goes to Austin FC games. Yeah. Oh, he goes, so he supports the product. He just doesn't travel with them on the road. No, unless it's like a big, you know how it is. Yeah, these celebrity people. He looked at the schedule and he's like, "Ah, oh, what's this? Red Bulls, Harrison, New Jersey. I ain't going to that there game. Sorry about that. What's it? Noche Latina night? Uh, maybe, maybe give it a second thought. Because you were the one that told me it's Noche Latina night, right? Yeah, we. I think we heard it a few times on the station. Yeah, right? I I recorded the commercial for it about a month ago, 
And then, like, we're talking during the break, and Harvey goes, what do you mean? You don't know that they're home? It's an, it's an OJ Latina night. You recorded the commercial. I'm like, dude, they put these commercials in front of me, like, weeks in advance. Once they're recorded, they're done. They're out of my mind. It's like they never happened. But don't don't stray away, too, now, listeners. There's going to be another one coming soon. <laughs> That's a good one by Harvey. That's a good one. What was that one? That was for the scarf, right? Scarf and fireworks. It's for, what do they call it now? Supporters. <laughs> fan Day, appreciation. Yeah, fan appreciation. Day, the last yeah. home game of the season. Thankfully. I just recorded it about a half an hour ago, and I can't even remember what it is already. Yeah, fan appreciation night. Coming soon to a uh, commercial block near you. He said, Dad could play on week three. Dad could be back <laughs> on Monday night against the Giants. What was that from? Was that was Matthew McConaughey talking what? about his Cowboys fantasy team or something? That was Jerry Jones, apparently. Come on, Jerry. <laughs> oh, we're getting goofy. We are getting goofy. Let us say hi to Vinny and Astoria up next here on 98.7. Vinny, how the hell are you? Dano, thanks for taking my call. Vinny, hey, what's uh, up? A couple, a couple of calls ago, I think they stole a little bit of my thunder, you know, with you know, if the Jets had made a couple of those plays, you know, the outcome would have been closer or different. So my point is they're not as bad as they played that Sunday. And I really think they're going to go and take care of business against the Patriots. And assuming the Jets beat the Patriots, at some point, when is it that the greatest coach of all time is going to start, you know, be held accountable? Because uh, they've been mediocre since – Brady left, right? Brady goes to Tampa Bay, and that's what? This is the fourth season he's been gone. Correct. They made, what, one playoff appearance, maybe two. I'm not even sure. And they haven't looked good at all. And the biggest red flag to me, and this is what I want your opinion on, Dan, mm-hmm. last year the whole debacle with the offensive coordinator for the Patriots, and then they end up putting in Matt Patricia. Now, I have no experience as a you know head coach, but – it's pretty safe to say that that was a huge blunder disaster. and pretty much a, a disaster. Disaster. The roster gymnastics they're doing with the backup quarterbacks and all these things, it doesn't make any sense. And and you hear that right. there's some friction going on behind the scenes with Kraft and with Belichick. Um, right. There's people up there. Hey, there's people up there I know in, in, in Boston, and we're going to have on uh, Greg Bedard tomorrow who covers the Patriots, my buddy. He'll he'll give us the lowdown on the Pats and where things stand right now. There's people in Boston that already want to move on from Belichick. Like, they're done. You know, it's like, they thanks for to. the memories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chuck Noll, right, game passed him by. You know, I'm a Cowboys fan. Tom Landry, you know, unfortunately game passed him by. And, you know, and, and obviously we, we brought in Jimmy Johnson and won a, a few Super Bowls. At some point, you know, you have to I, – I, listen, the guy won six Super Bowls. He's the greatest of all time. But at some point – and, and like I said, the, 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 the whole Matt Patricia thing is a huge red flag to me because I'm like, what is going on here? And, and they are a mediocre team at best, and, and, and they, the Jets will win, and this will be the turning point for the Jets season. I, th- I really do think they'll be a playoff team, and they should bring in another quarterback. I don't – you know, Zach's not the answer, but – you know, it's to me. I, I'm waiting for the shoe to fall on on Belichick. I don't know, you know, how much longer can he last? Well, we'll see what happens. And look, that's their problem that they have to sort through up there, Vince. And I don't think the fans here really care about what's happening with Belichick. But the other thing is that they seem to th- look. He wants to hang around long enough, potentially, right, to break Don Shula's record and become the all-time winningest head coach. Belichick is at 298 right now. Okay, Don Shula's at 328. So he's still got 30, 31 more wins to pass Shula. The way this Patriots team is constructed, how long is it going to take him to win 31 more games? It ain't happening this year. What, what, what do the Pats have in them this season? In a perfect world, 
What did they win last year? Seven or eight, right? Last year they won eight games. Since Brady's left, they've won seven, ten, and eight. So that's 25. They've averaged about eight wins a year since Brady. He's 25 and 27 since Brady left. All right, if you want to give him, for argument's sake, let's just say eight wins on average. That's four more seasons. The question is, is Robert Kraft going to keep him around to spearhead a mediocre team for another four years just so he has a shot to break the all-time wins record? I don't know. I really don't know. And apparently, like, you hear all this friction even about Matt Jones right now, Mac Jones, is that Belichick really doesn't have any affinity for Mac Jones. And that apparently Robert Kraft is the one that likes the kid and wants him to be the quarterback. And he and Belichick have been apparently button heads behind the scenes regarding Mac Jones's future with the team or even his present with the team. Just goes to show you, you know what? You can be the greatest coach in the world, but you still got to have the players to be able to go out there and execute. And I'm not saying that Belichick's a bad coach. He's not. But Brady was a really, really good quarterback. And even though Brady won another championship in Tampa Bay, when you had the two of those guys together, that was the special partnership, right? When you take the great quarterback and the great coach, that's what made them a dynasty to the likes that we've never seen for 20 years. But as far as 14 straight wins against the Jets, enough is enough. Time to end that. What does that run you, by the way, may I, may I ask? What? This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. I just walked into the uh, control room and Harvey showed me the uh, stream of the Red Bulls game that he's got to watch on his phone because, you know, again, it's too much to get one of these on an actual monitor in the studio. But there's like crickets at that game right now. And the problem that the Red Bulls made in, in building that stadium in Harrison is that they have an outline of, like, the Red Bulls logo in the seats in one of the sections. But the problem is is that when nobody's sitting in those seats, you see the logo crystal clear. And they decided to do it, like, right at midfield in the lower bowl, and there's nobody sitting in those seats. That's not a good look. Not a good look. And why do they decide to play the game on a weeknight? Like, don't usually, even like it, earlier in the season, in the summer, like they play those games, they're mostly on the weekends, right? For the most part, yeah. But, I mean, they got to get, they, they're at their business end. They, there's only five games left after this. I know, I know. So they're just rushing to the end here. I know. But, I mean, school's in session. Like, what kind of, what kind of a walk-up crowd are you getting, especially, like, you know, time like this? They, it's always been like this, but you know how it is. Better team, better crowd. I guess. You got, we got two weeks left. Well, actually, no, three weeks after the playoffs start. They don't have, like, a five points out of a playoff spot discount or promotion or anything like that? Like, we're five points out, so you get $5 off a ticket. No, I don't think that's ever uh, That's happened, what they should ever. do. Like, if a team is, like, like the Mets. The Mets are – how many games out are they? Well, whatever. The Mets are – let's see. Boo-boo. Mets are 26 and a half games out of first place. Like, on the final homestand for the Mets next week, they should have, like, a promotion, like 26 26- – percent off tickets or something because that's how bad we are Mets playing spoiler all of a sudden yeah can't believe they, they still care well you know why the Marlins at the worst possible time they lose Luis Arise who's been their best friggin player all year sprained his ankle during like infield warm-ups the other night and so he didn't play last night he's not playing tonight and they got Senga tonight 
Senga's doing his thing. How about Senga? Like, he might, and I say might, although I don't know because the people that vote on these awards, they've probably been sleeping on the Mets for the last four months like the rest of us have. I wonder if, like, how much support Senga's going to get in the Cy Young vote in the National League. Now, he's not going to win. Senga? He ain't going to win, but I'm wondering, like, could he actually finish in the top three to where he's, like, one of the three finalists? I say no, probably. He'll probably maybe be, like, fifth. But, dude, guy's got a sub-three ERA. He's got, like, the second or third highest ERA in the National League. I'm shocked. Mr. Senga, you don't know me, and because of you, I'm out $25,000. I don't know when that was said, but it's funny. $25,000. I think that had to go back to the no-hitter situation. Oh, yes, 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 yes. The New York no-no. That's right. <laughs> That's right. You pick Senga. Oh, you picked. Oh no, it was the day. Um, it was the Herman. The Herman. Yes. Yes. And that and, and they woman. picked they picked Senga. Right. And he said, "Mr. Senga, you don't know me, but I'm because of you. I'm out twenty five k." Do you think Senga gets some Rookie of the Year votes? Oh, yeah. Oh, he'll definitely be a a finalist for rookie of the year, but I don't think he's going to win it because that's one of those – that's one of those – the voters are going to get lazy because that award has essentially been bequeathed to Corbin Carroll since the first, you know, month of the season was over. And so even if you just – like if you're a voter, let's say, in Massachusetts or on the East Coast someplace – and all you heard about that first month was Corbin Carroll, Corbin Carroll, Corbin Carroll. He makes the all-star team. He's a starter. You in the back of your mind are like, oh, he's, he's the rookie of the year. And you're not even paying, to the, paying attention to the Mets because they, you know, have been out of it. But Single finishing the top three for rookie of the year. Cy Young, I, I think he deserves a top five vote probably. Oh, he might get a top 10 and you go on baseball reference in 20 years and go, oh, remember when Senga got a top 10, top 20 finish hey, in Cy Young? Let me tell you something. If you would have told me in April or May that it is a damn good possibility that next season Kodai Senga might be a top two starter for the Mets, I never would have believed it. But that's how we're trending right now. And and you know what? It's based on merit, right? If the guy's going to be like a top five finisher for the Cy Young Award, how is he not? One of your top two pitchers in your rotation because we didn't know if Scherzer or Verlander were, you know, we thought that those guys were going to still be on the team next year. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Look, I don't know if he's number one material yet. I still need to see more. But given the fact that the Mets aren't going to spend like drunken sailors in the offseason, they do still have to go out and get a couple of starting pitchers. Hell, this guy might be your opening day starter. It's not crazy. And he could do a lot worse. That was a good little signing by the Mets. You know, it took them a while to get acclimated to life over here in the big league game, breaking away from that six, you know, six days off or the, the, the five days off and, you know, the extra day of rest that he needed. And I guess, like, the way the schedule works out, including this game tonight, he could make three more starts the rest of the season, but they decided to throw in the extra day. They don't want to overwork him down the stretch because they're not playing for anything. So after tonight... Senga's only going to make one more start the rest of the season. You know, you just want him to get to the finish line and not have any bumps and bruises or ailments, and you want the arm to be good, the shoulder, the elbow, so he could be raring to go come spring training next year, which is the next time, you know, people are actually going to care about the Mets. I want to talk about the Mets, though, later on in the show. In regards to the manager, 
because that is going to have to be decided at the end of the season because David Stearns is going to come in. And you know as well as anybody that in sports, whenever a team hires a new executive and a new person in charge, they want to bring in their own guy. And they're allowed to do that, but I don't think it's Buck's fault. Real quick, let's say hi to Tony in Connecticut. Tony, how are you? Good, Dan. How are you doing? Good, Tony. What's going on? Uh, well, listen, I agree with you that this is a must-win on Sunday for the Jets. And, you know, it's hard to say that, right, in week three, and you, you made that in your comments. But you're right. It's the history of this game that we've lost to, the, to Belichick all these years. we got to get that monkey off our back. And if we don't, the season's going to spiral here because everyone's jumping on the bandwagon saying, you know, Zach Wilson can't do the job, uh, season's over. So we got to really make a statement. This is a real statement game. And the concern that I have is, you know, Judon is not Micah Parsons, but he's a pretty darn good player. And, you know, Belichick's a smart guy. I think he's going to move him around like a, check, a chess piece, sort of the way he did with Micah. Again, he's not Micah, but we're going to need an answer for that. And I think we got to, you know, we really have to have a good offensive game plan. Hackett's really got to throw some screen passes, take some of the pressure off, and then I agree with you, let's stick with the run. I just want to get your thoughts on that. No, 100% right. And, and, and I thank you for the phone call, Tony. And look, Judon is a guy. You know, he has the potential, maybe not in the same vein as Micah Parsons, but he's got the ability to wreck games. You know, he's had a couple of big moments against the Jets over the last couple of seasons since he went over the New England Patriots. You definitely have to account for him. Now, they're banged up a little bit in the secondary, though, with Jones going down. So we'll see how that factors into things. That would be a big loss for them, of course. But this kid that they drafted in the first round, Christian Gonzalez, has made some plays. I like him a lot. But Belichick is going to find a way to scheme things up. You know, they weren't always, especially especially that first dynasty, whatever you call it, when they won the three Super Bowls in four years. Like, those first couple of teams, like, they weren't blessed with unbelievable skilled players. But you know what? They all played as one. And they were schemed up brilliantly. Definitely that first Super Bowl in 2001 when they beat the Rams. I mean, that group was like, really? Even though you have like Ty Law on there and he's a Hall of Famer and and whatnot. You had a couple of guys, Richard Seymour. But as a whole, I mean, there weren't too many guys there that, you know, you were up late at night trying to scheme against if you were the opposing team. But they played as a whole and stuck to their assignments and didn't make any critical mistakes.